When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Paluso. How you doing? I hope you're living a full life, a life filled with satisfaction and abundance. That's right. It's all about abundance, bitch. We talked about it last week and last week was an OG episode, just me. I know we've flooded your podcast timeline with Dr. P episodes and you're waiting on a grief survival guide, but we've had a bunch of grief survival guide episodes and I thought it was time to have a friend back on and have a conversation with one of my buddies and that's going to be coming up. How many times can I say and, and I sound like a fucking robot. If you guys want to get some exclusive content, go to my Patreon page, my fan page, join it. There's a bunch of tiers you can join. It's patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Join the fan page. We're posting content every week now. I'm so excited to be doing that. It actually feels really good to be creating again and feeling creative. So thank you for everyone who's been patient. All my OG Patreon fans, I love you guys. I, I couldn't do this without you. And everybody who listens and downloads this podcast, I am forever indebted to you. It, without really me knowing it, has kept me, kept me afloat during some really trying times in my life. It's been an anchor in my life, and I'm so glad that I stuck with it. I can't wait to see where it goes and where it grows, and it can't do that without you guys. So thank you so much, and if you do have time, go to the iTunes page and just leave a review. Let me know how you love the pod. Let me know how it makes you feel. Tell me how I make you feel, as long as it makes you feel good. Keep all that other shit to yourself, okay? You got some constructive criticism, email me. I read my emails, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com, and we can go back and forth. But if you got something nice to say, put it right on that iTunes. I truly appreciate it ahead of time. Thank you so much. And also go to the YouTube page if you want to watch the episode. The episode is available to watch for free on youtube.com forward slash jessiemaypeluso. Check it out. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about the podcast. Let it grow. Tell them, tell them they, that I'm the, the friend that gives them the tough love they didn't know that they needed. And this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with you. We talk about this a lot on the podcast, how important your relationship is, the one you have with yourself. And a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But when it comes down to us, how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? You know, we always say that advice is so easy to give and that much harder to take. We don't often take our own advice. And for me, I've realized the value in therapy and coaching. I've spoke about it on the podcast multiple times. I have a life coach. I have a personal coach that I work with. He's been on the podcast, Brett Costin. I've worked with him for years it has changed my life. Self-care is vital to survival and, and not even survival beyond that. It's vital for thriving in life because surviving, working from a place of survival still isn't really living from a fulfilled standpoint. You really got to learn how to thrive. And to do that, you got to dig into some self-care. No matter if you're a man or woman, we're breaking the stigma. 
we're breaking the stigma that men shouldn't dive into themselves and, and learn how to love themselves. Guys, I'm telling you right now, it's sexy to love yourself. And Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So you deserve to do a little self-care Sunday for you, you know? So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Show up for yourself. It's the most important thing to do because you cannot show up for anyone else unless you start showing up with yourself. And BetterHelp is such a great way to do that. It's, it's you know, a way to do it without having to leave your house. It's very convenient. And it's also... Um, it feels safer because you don't have to go into an office. You can choose your own therapist. It's just a progressive way to get some real therapy and self-care without all the hassles that go along with getting to those places. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and you can even live chat, have live chat sessions with your therapist. So there's so many different options and you don't even have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to, but there's so many different ways that you can actually get some really great care and really great online therapy. It's much more affordable than, than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You know how many days I've spent crying to myself? <laughs> Just like wasting my time alone in my room. Go to BetterHelp. You don't need to suffer. You don't have to suffer. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And this podcast, like I said, is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Sharp Tongue listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Sharp. That's BetterHelp.com slash S-H-A-R-P. You deserve it. Do a little self-care this Valentine's Day for yourself. Love yourself. I, I say it on stage. You won't be able to love anybody else until you love the most important person in your life. And that's you. That's you, boo. Fall in love with yourself first so that you can fall in love with somebody else and they can love you just from the purest place, not from a place of survival, from a place of thrival. And thank you so much, BetterHelp, for the sponsorship. And get you guys some self-care today. Well, Another episode, like I said, this one I'm really excited for. I got to sat down with an old friend of mine who I recently just ran into on my first night back at the comedy store after two years. I haven't been to the comedy store since quarantine, and I got to reunite with a few of my friends, and it was just glorious. I got to reunite with Justin Martindale, Jeff Fox, Jeff Fox, Jeff Ross, my lovely friend Kai Arendt, and this guy who is so hilarious. You can check out his special fun size. It's available streaming. I think Showtime. And he's also all over. He's touring. He's hilarious. He's so funny. And he opened up about being a dad and about what it's like to be uh, different. And I think all of us could use a little bit of advice on how to navigate those waters. So I hope you enjoyed this this episode and this interview with my dear friend, stand-up comedian, Mr. Brad Williams. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. May. It's a personal 
look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, hey. And we're recording. All right. How are you? I'm coming to you live from a hotel room in Fresno, California. Oh, so, shit. I mean, you're, you're already you're in Fresno? I just saw you a couple nights ago. Yeah, there's this crazy thing called automobiles. They work really well. What? Are you serial? Are you for real, Clark? Yeah, you could travel and everything. You could be like you could be in New York tonight. It's crazy. Wow. That's a. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fact check you on that because I don't believe it. Yeah, you I, might thought, have to flag I thought you people podcast. flew. Yeah, you'll have to flag this podcast for disinformation. Me saying that I could go. Wait, that I need far. to get some better audio. Hold on. Tell okay. them. Tell them anything you want. Tell them who's them. Your audience. The they. Hi they. Hi Jessamay's audience. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Really happy to be talking to you. Because, uh, like I said, I'm in I'm, I'm in a hotel room in Fresno, so in, anything to break up that mundaneness and make me not go outside, that's good. You you thought COVID was bad? They keep telling me about something here called the Valley Fever, which is an actual thing, apparently. Terrifying. Anyway, your hostess with the mostess is back. Hopefully, she I can am back. Me at this point, I've had some ongoing fucking. Because now I can't hear you. Ongoing. There you go. Okay. I'm going to fix you. Okay. There we go. Wow. Now you sound like my wife. Do <laughs> Does she really say that to you? No. She doesn't say I'm going to fix you to me. It's a good joke, but I can't, I can't disparage the good name of Jasmine Williams. I feel like you have a really good thing with your wife. That's good. I like that that's what people think. That people think like <laughs> that we have a good relationship. That's way that's way better than like, oh, you see Brad is like that's you know, after we get better than done, people being like, Oh, Brad's in an abusive situation here. Yeah, he's in a horrible ooh. or like, do you see the way he treats her? Ooh. Like that, like I'm glad that I'll 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 gladly have that reputation. No, it's I mean, How long it, have you guys been together? Uh, we've been married now four and a half years, so like six, six and a half years. We've been we we we've been together, and we got the. Did you know we, you got divorced? Is that what you're gonna say? No, God, geez, sweet Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm in a hotel room in Fresno, Jessime, because it happened, and uh, that, that you're done. Took, she took. 80% of my stuff. This is what I can perform. This is what I can afford. It's just me in a hot plate here in Fresno. That's all I got. In one of those like residence inns where, you know, the, uh, you're a comedian and uh, you've stayed at 
all types of hotels like I have. And once in a while, we get put in those divorce dad weekenders. <laughs> it's so sad, but it's so true. Like, you just see a guy and, and you're just like, oh, like, because I'm about to go, I think uh, uh, tonight uh, I'm driving to another town that's that makes Fresno look like a metropolis. It's called Merced, California. Oh, um, oh yeah. Yeah, you've been to Merced? There you go. I have. I've gone uh, right through it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at one of those hotels where someone's going to be there who who's just like, they won't let me see my kids. You know, it, it's <laughs> going to be something like that. And it's horribly sad, but yeah, we see it. But th- but thankfully, no, my wife and I are not divorced. And as far as I know, we're not getting divorced. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing this for work, not because I have to. You make me think of something that happened recently and I only want to talk about it because he was one of our peers and I know you knew him and worked with him is Bob Saget. Yeah. And you know, you and I were similar in age. I'm 39. How old are you? I'm 38. How do you look that much better than me? How do you look that much better than me? You're 39. I'm single. Oh, that's yeah. That's why you work. That's why you look better than me. Cause I'm married with a baby and have to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. That's that. Yeah, I get up okay. at 5 a.m. too, but I have dogs, and that's a totally different <laughs> level of responsibility. But I think three dogs equal one mentally challenged child. So I think I'm somewhere in the spectrum of parenting. Can I say that? I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Three, like if there if there's a conversion chart, because when my friends <laughs> go like. Yeah, I get it. Like, you're like, you got the kid. I've got a dog. Don't get me wrong. I immediately want to punch them in the face. But I, I think you can do, you have to be very ambiguous with, with the disability. You can't be specific. No, you, you can't, can't be specific. Say like, yeah, you can't say like, oh, it's like, no, you can't say that. Like, you, you have, yeah, you it's like, eh, like exactly what you did. Three dogs, kind of like a disabled child. One of the ones that Great. just stays still. Like it is not yeah, a one that stays still. Lot. It looks at light flares and it speaks fluent Latin for some reason. Like how, where did, where did Trevor learn to speak Latin? We're, we're from, we're from Jersey. <laughs> so tell me, talk me through your, just cause I, I want to reminisce only cause I've only spoken to a couple comedian friends about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually called Jeff, Ross, who we were all just mm-hmm. together the other night, and yep. he was on the way to get Bob's car from the airport with John Mayer. And yeah, I don't know what to say. It sounds like a mad lib. It sounds like a mad lib. Jeff Ross, John Mayer in a car, in a Prius <laughs> specifically. It was a fucking Prius. Like. It, 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 it's funny. Some people thought a lot of things when they saw Jeff and John going to get Bob's car. They thought beautiful thoughts. They thought, okay, this is friends coping with uh, 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 grief and, 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 and in a fantastic way. I just saw that and was like, man, I was hoping rich people would have better cars. Like, because... <laughs> I'm trying to be rich, Jessime. I think we all are. We're trying. We're, we're trying to get there. I was like, "What's what's you know, your idea I, of rich?" I want to know that like Jeff Ross's car is better than mine. That's what I yeah. want. Yeah, it's something to know. aspire to. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I need when your I car get to, to that float. level. When I'm celebrity, 
roasting when I'm when when I'm at all the parties, all the things. When 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 I'm at that level, I'm not rolling Prius. But you say that. And that sounds but horrible because homeboy... it's probably a it's probably a fine automobile. But uh, yeah, I'm just... Leo DeCap drives it. Uh, see, I want to know that he's driving like he should be driving something that like runs on thoughts. You know what I mean? Like like it, it's just... <laughs> yeah. Is that T H O T S or like mental yeah. thoughts? Because I yeah, think he both. does drive something that runs on thoughts. Now it's a yacht. He does. Uh, you just throw does. yacht. You throw thoughts into the belly of the yacht. That's what keeps yachts yeah. running. That's, That's the fuel. When when he's done with the Victoria's Secret model, they throw him in the trunk. They like get on the hamster wheel. You're powering yes. the car. For the rest yeah, this of is in vegetable day. oil. It's ran by Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Like you should be able to like pet. Uh, golden retriever get the dog hair dump it in the fuel tank and that's what leo dicaprio's car drives on that that's and if it doesn't we should cancel him yeah because he's not being how dare you no you're not good enough how dare you not check all the carbon footprint boxes you really want to save the earth made a movie about it with a a strange metaphor that got nominated for some oscars go fuck yourself you're nothing go fuck yourself you lazy bastard (laughs) that movie had that movie didn't have anything to do with what's going on society at all don't look up is what we're referring to it was so fucking good yeah uh it was so good it was scary it was like almost too on the nose to how society reacts to everything and how society currently is and how delusional people have become I had to, I literally had to watch that movie in segments. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. watch it all at once. Like, I had to watch it, get angry, get depressed, then take a break, and then, like, come back to it when I'm at a neutral, happy level. And then, like, it, it was like my life in a video game would slowly start to recharge. And then I'd watch that movie. Yeah. It'd be drained out of me. And then I'd have to be like, oh, fuck. Like, like I'd have to wait until it's come back up and then I and and then I could watch the movie again. It was I was uh, similar. I watched it in three different sittings. So probably the first part, the second part and the third part or how I absorbed it because it was I I listened to. I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but I actually do. I was just driving cross country. So I I caught up on Smart List, which is one of my favorite podcasts with Mm -hmm. Sean Hayes and Will Arnett and. Jason Bateman. It's so fucking delightful. Um, and a in a product of quarantine because they weren't working. So they just got together because they're all friends and put it together. I thought that was great. And, like, and like, so often. What, what, yeah, what a nice thing celebrities can do. They go, oh, yeah, we're bored. So let's just hop in and immediately have a successful podcast. And I was just like, going to say that. Yeah, like just like okay, all all these people that are like how many podcasts are out there? Oh, a billion! Great, ours is gonna go right to the top ten. Uh, and it I'm, is. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm listening to the new one that Dana Carvey and David Spade just put out. Uh, they have a they have a podcast about SNL stories, and they're and like their first guests are like Chris Rock and Tom Hanks, and you're like, yeah, I've got okay, my dad and my mom. I'm listening. Like uh, we get it, you're better than us. You 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 know more famous people. You have better stories. <laughs> but it is cool to see those or listen to those rather behind the scenes stories. But um, Adam McKay was on with with the yeah. guys of Smartless talking about how he was going crazy in quarantine, and his wife was like, "You gotta." He was obsessed with climate change, and she was like, "You yeah. just you need to write something because you're driving me fucking crazy talking about climate change in the house." So go do something. And get out of my face. And that's what he. So he just whipped up. Don't look up. 
That wow. was because his wife was sick of him talking about the crisis in the house. See, it, like, I think that's a healthy thing where if you have a talent or something that and then you're annoying your spouse, your <laughs> spouse goes, hey, get away from me. Go use your talent and get us a couple million bucks like that. Seriously. Like that's what that's that argument. When I when I'm when I was in the house trying to run bits with my wife during quarantine, like I'd watch the news and can you believe what they're saying? And like, just start running bits. So you, it wasn't like, you need to go and do stuff and get this out. It, it, it was like, shut up. I have poop on my face and uh, <laughs> you, you need to help get this uh, one year old under control. Like that, like I, I just had to bottle everything. So it, it, it's yeah. very nice. It's very nice that McKay's like, Okay, I'll go get it out by by writing an amazing movie that's gonna win Oscars and gonna get us millions of dollars. That's right. Nice. You're trying to you're trying to write a joke about a game in the house called "Is This Poop or Chocolate?" and Adam McKay writes an award winning. I mean, script. You, you can I use that? Can I use the "Is This Poop you or can, Chocolate?" bit? Please do. I. It's something that I say to my sister all the time. I'm like, can we not play "Is This Poop or Chocolate?" Do it. Take it. Put it on stage let me know if, if it works every time that it gets a good laugh i need you to say jesse may Peluso and i co-wrote this joke oh i will absolutely yeah. I've got, if I've you do that and i'm in the room i will lose i will die yeah i will seriously die yeah <laughs> speaking of dying oh. full circle back to bob's jacket speaking of dying oh you know, Brad, when I watch you on stage, it reminds me of our friend who went way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, our dearly departed friend, Bob Saget, who if anyone's getting offended at this, fuck you, Bob would be laughing. You're not our people. You are not yeah. our people. Pl immediately sign off. Yeah. Um, you tell yeah. me tell me something about Bob Saget from from your perspective, anything. Doesn't have One to be thing death, about, but... I mean, everything that I've read and interviews and clips you would watch, he's not many people I would describe as sweet. He he mm. he 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 was very sweet, and he ended conversations with "I love you." He ended. He wrote back every email within like 20 minutes to the point of like, Bob, don't you work a like do other <laughs> stuff. Don't write me yeah. back. You're, you're like, you've got other people writing you. You got to go talk to Rickles. Like go, like go do <laughs> yeah. something. Isn't um, Stamos waiting for your, your, your arrival at lunch? Something. Um, and then the last time I saw Bob was at the comedy store. Um, he was on stage and he had this, I, I can only describe it as a glow about him on stage. And he came off stage and I said hi to him and I was, and I stopped and I went, was that your first time back? And he got really happy. He was like, yeah, that was my first time back. It was his first time on stage in like two years. Oh my and he's like that. And I go, how do you feel? And he goes, I love it. I love it. It was so good. It was so fun. It was so like, and just, it made me happy to see someone that has done everything in this business, accomplished every goal that you could possibly set up for yourself and is still getting excited 
going on stage doing what we do. And yeah. that was just as the air conditioner kicks in. I'm sure you, I'm sure you might hear it. I uh, barely hear it. Okay, good. But one thing that I love about stand-up comedy is that whether you're Bob Saget or a Jerry Seinfeld or a you or a me or someone who is just starting, it's all essentially the same thing. There's nicer stages. There's nicer microphones. There's venues where they're not playing um, a basketball game on a TV and people like people, like, people are engaged. <laughs> or shucking clams in the back. Gig. Yeah. But like, it's the same thing. Everyone's got to do the same thing. We all just go up on the stage and we got a microphone and we start talking to people. That and and we, and we communicate to the best of our ability and try and try to make them laugh. Like I love stand up for that so many reasons, but for that reason, and uh, just that it's the great it's the great equalizer, and that you can't cheat at it. You can't. Nope. Well, there's but you'll get found out. Um, but like you can't. There's no way that you could just be like, oh, I want to do this now. And now I'm instantly going to be better than everyone who's been doing it for 15 years. Like you, like you can't. And I love that about it. And the, the fact that the only way to get better at it is to go on stage and actually do it. Like you see comics um, constantly that, that I have all the money. They're still going up on stage, still trying stuff out. Hell, I, 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 I ran into Chris Rock at the comedy store uh, two weeks ago and he was just in the back watching he wow. didn't go up. He had, wow. he had just gotten a surgery on his arm. And, just in the back, uh, stealing everyone's premises. Yeah. <laughs> Rotator cuff surgery. And everyone, all, all all the comics are in the back, like, watching Chris watch comedy. It was, it was, it was a very, very weird kind of thing. Inception moment. Very. And, um, yeah, but just to see that guy who's one of the most brilliant comedians ever watching comedy and still laughing and still enjoying it uh that's inspiring too where you go like oh cool you could be doing this for as long as he's been doing it and still find joy in this business that, yeah because like, i find some one, humility in it yeah because one thing i never want stand-up to be is routine i i never mm. want to go on stage like maybe a night or two and not have fun but for the most part i want to be excited i want to write a new joke i want to be anxious to go up on stage I, I i want a little bit of nerves like i want all that i want and i don't want that to ever leave i love that you said that because i feel that way as well the moments before i go on stage that i'm calm i'm like oh fuck <laughs> this is gonna be hard <laughs> right you're like oh they're comfortable I'm not- I'm not nervous. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not wondering how this new bit is going to go. And I'm just and I'm just going to go on stage and recite these words that I know work. Ugh, I got to do something weird. I have to fuck this up somehow. <laughs> yeah, you got to make it weird. That's such a great point. I like I like that perspective is making it a little weird and um your you and I are similar in that we're energetic. Our performance is a momentum based performance in that you come out and you set the energy right away. Some comedians come out and sort of settle into the room's energy, but you come out and you dictate what the energy is going to be. And I'm similar in that sense. Like, this is what I'm bringing you this. Um, Yeah. I'm, 
I'm very ADD. So I have to go on stage and do something that would get my attention. And <laughs> you, yeah. you would think just being a dwarf running up on a stage would be enough <laughs> to make the audience go like, huh, maybe we should stop and look at this. Maybe we should. That's that's new. Haven't seen that. You'd think. But then I like, you know, the world I, is fucked when we've become so desensitized that when you pop up on stage, we're like, and what else do you do? Oh, it's my favorite line. Cause sometimes, you know, when you go on at the comedy store, sometimes you're the fourth comic up. Sometimes you're the 12th comic up and the and the, and the audience has been there for a while. That That's one of my favorite things is when I go up on stage, I'm like 10th or ninth or something like that. And the audience is just tired. They're tired. They've been there all night. And, uh, a, 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 a few get up to leave as I'm running on stage I always just grab the microphone and go what would it take a midget just ran up on the stage and you're like we gotta get home like 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 we gotta like I can't like that's not entertaining enough for you you're not gonna be like well he might have some thoughts that I haven't heard before none of that you're like you're you're just a midget runs on stage to entertain you a la the middle ages and you're like ah I got work in the morning. Like, what the Are shit? you not entertained? Exactly. I just want to scream that out. And you're in a time. gladiator outfit? We need that. We need you to have outfits on stage. Well, let's go to Justin Martindale's closet. They'll have one. <laughs> you know, That's I had it. a thought when I was in the bathroom. I was thinking about you. I'm glad that and... you think about me as bodily fluids are moving through your body. Yes, yes. It was, uh, you know, that's what friends are for. That's really what friends are for. And I, I had like a serious thought. You know, I thought I was curious about your upbringing. And mm -hmm. I wondered if when you were a child, did your parents, how did your parents raise you? Did they raise you in a way that maybe um, parents might raise like a child that's, you know, I don't know, like a a black kid that's in an all white community or okay. a child that, you know, maybe speaks differently, whatever it is. Um, yeah, did yeah, your yeah. parents sort of raise you My in parents, a place where it was indicative of you quote unquote being different than the world? Yeah. Uh, all well, that specifically goes to my dad because my mm. dad, once I was born and, and my parents are not dwarves. I want to make that very clear. Um, you know, we don't all come it's from the same. It's recessive. Yeah, it's recessive gene. Uh, but we don't all come from the same tribe. You know, you can't like. Trace... <laughs> There's not one. <laughs> yeah, you can't trace our lineage just back to Billy Barty. That's a reference. If you get it, great. If you don't, it's okay. It's old. I don't, but a... I'm I'm gonna Google it immediately after. You're not a. He's he's like the OG dwarf. Um, uh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So my parents are tall. So when I was born. My dad, I would say he raised me very realistically, where he was like, hey, like, you are different. He didn't try to do that BS of like, you're just like everybody else. It's like, right. no, I'm two, and I wear a size seven and three-fourths hat. Like, I'm, we're not, I'm not the same. I'm not just like everybody else. So he, he told me, like, no, pe people are going to stare at you. People are going to stare at you. They're probably going to have comments. Um, how old were you? you do? do you he remember goes, how old you were? Oh, four. Wow. When he's, having, when he's having these conversations with me. And what we would do is he goes, when someone says something mean to you, 
we're going to write comebacks so that you fire back and then you hit them with something. And literally, I remember being four or five years old and sitting down with my dad, like, okay, when someone says, ha ha, you're little, what do you say? And I, and I would be like, ha ha, your mom doesn't live with your dad anymore. He goes, good. Okay. And like, <laughs> that was one we used. That was one we actually used. Um, so we would write comebacks together so that when I went to school and some kids would make the mistake of making fun of me, I was like, oh, I've trained for this. This is fine. Like he would, and my dad would constantly make fun of me around the house, but not in a like, fuck you way. He would make fun of me like, hey, this is training. This could come at any time. Like, so he essentially trained me to be a comedian. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. He was the um, first comedy with, writer. Yeah. Without even knowing. Uh, but yeah, he made me, he made me realize the realistic sense of being a little person where people are going to say shit. I'm going to say shit back. He also taught me that when I'm talking with someone and meeting someone to very frequently do a dwarf joke very quickly so that they know, oh, I'm cool with it. And so it's not like that situation where we're just having a conversation and in your head, as a non-dwarf, you're like, I can't say anything. I can't, don't say anything. Don't say anything that has anything to do with being small. Don't order the strawberry shortcake. He might misinterpret that. Like, 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 just don't, don't say anything. So uh, that's what I would do. I would disarm people. And then if you did hit me with something, I would, I would hit you back. And that's, that's kind of how I was raised with dwarfism. And also it was this weird balance of like, Yes, I could do stuff if I wanted to do it. I, I like I they they never allowed me to use dwarfism as an excuse. Mm. If I was ever like, oh, I can't reach the bowl, my dad would be like, okay, figure it out. So he wouldn't just. It had get to be hard as a parent. Me. Yeah, so he wouldn't just get the bowl for me. I would, I like I would construct an original American Ninja Warrior course, <laughs> like in the kitchen, and then just like jump, climb, swing like a spider monkey onto the damn counter and then get the bowl. Like that's what I would do. So that's kind of how, that's how they raised me. And I really, I really appreciate that. I, I like they raised me that way. Uh, I'm probably going to raise my daughter in a very similar way. Like my daughter, I pity the person that makes fun of her because I'm going to write jokes for her. I'm going to write comebacks. Yeah. And then my wife is a martial artist who is a fourth Don black belt in Taekwondo and a couple of black belts in other martial arts. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to teach her some shit. So it's like, oh, oh she's going to become a dick ninja. Yeah, that's what she's that's what I called myself as a kid. I talk about growing up and having to become a dick ninja. That's what your daughter's going to be. Her and I are going to join forces. Now, normally, if you called my daughter a dick ninja, I'd be like, wait, is that some movie on Pornhub she's going to be in? What the hell? Why are you calling What's her life? my daughter a dick ninja? Uh, by the way, so I'm going to tell you a joke that I'm, I tell in my act only when I want the audience to get very uncomfortable. I think oh, it's I love it. funny. I think it's funny. Other people don't like that it's funny. Um... <laughs> I haven't Go figured out how to make it work yet. Okay. The, Give it to the, me. The joke is that, so my daughter is going to be a star no matter what, in terms of if I'm a good father, 
She's going to break down barriers. She's going to do amazing things. She's going to uh, she's going to teach people around her and, and, and just be an amazing person and make the world around her better. If I'm a good father, if I'm a bad father, we get a new category on Pornhub and we and, and we win that way. The audience doesn't like that joke. The audience. Oh, come on. Why? Because a dad can't want the best for his daughter, no matter what life she chooses. <laughs> That's you should say that. That's fucking funny. Oh, I'm a bad person because I want the best for my daughter, no matter where she goes. Maybe you guys are the assholes for judging your daughters getting into the porn. Yeah, dude, my 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 wife is like insanely progressive on another level to where I kind of did the whole like Chris Rock bit like, oh, it's my job to keep her off the pole. Like, that's my job as a father. And then my wife would interrupt me and be like, but if she wants to do that, then we're going to make sure she's the best goddamn stripper. That's ever Fucking a I was at a strip club last night. And let me tell you, my mouth the entire time was a gape. I was like. These girls Wait. were top notch. You go to Jumbos? Oh my God! It's the, all the girls from Jumbos. Yeah. Do you all, know Gemini? All, all uh, I is that the one with the mohawk? Beautiful. No, she's this beautiful, like, kind of like caramel skinned goddess with the most beautiful body in the world. Yeah. I. I. I and I then, love that all all you had to say was good strippers, and I was like, "Oh, jumbos!" Like that's so like, funny. I, I know what that. And for those outside LA that are listening, uh, jumbos clown room, and yes, that's the name of it. And that's there are not photos, Brad's house. That's not what we're. And there are Brad's photos house. of clowns all over the bar. Well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> it is. If you don't like clowns, maybe this isn't the place for you. But it's also uh, a strange combo it, with the strip club. Yeah, it's very small. And, it's legendary. Uh, it's been around since like the seventies. Yeah, but and now it's not even like a new thing. It's like a bikini, but um, but their sort of reputation is that their strippers are fucking great. They're they are, and this is like the this doesn't even describe it. This falls short to describe what they do. The athleticism is ridiculous. Oh, I'm sitting there like. I go, yeah, I'm turned on, but I'm also just like, like you're watching a Cirque du Soleil show in a back alley. Exactly. It's you. You're like, how does this, this petite little girl, she's holding herself upside down, facing the ground, spinning in all different directions and making her body and her and, and twerking in midair yeah. on a pole yeah. upside down. Yeah. If and I I've been told- down up paper from the ground and my lumb l2 slips out like it's not what what am i doing wrong uh you can tell we're getting old because you said l2 and i'm like i'm more l5 that, that, that's my there <laughs> you want to see something real on a here i'm, I'm oh god I'm, are you I'm gonna, gonna whip your dick real. out okay. no i'm not gonna pull my dick out. i'm not gonna jeffrey tubin myself okay hold on see that that's a back brace that i'm wearing what happened i got old that's what happened no, you know what? I've listened to more podcasts and a couple shows that this was a specific topic. The conversation of getting old versus not moving enough and stretching enough. <laughs> yes. And the person was like, there's that you are not old. The problem is you do not do enough to keep yourself yeah. flexible. Flexibility is the key to not getting injured. 
Yes. So, so you and I, I mean, picking things up and shit slipping out is our own fucking fault. We're not old, is. motherfucker. We're just not stretched. Yeah, we got to do that. And now, now I stretch every morning, and I'll I'll get back. You do? Yeah, every morning now. That's awesome. Every do you? Morning. You're someone when I think of, I don't think. In all the years that I've known you, I've ever seen you wasted, fucked up, um, acting like an asshole. You seem pretty like even keeled. Now, you where know do you me put in my all 20s. that? You didn't know me in my 20s. <laughs> Were you a mess? Not not a mess, but I lived uh I lived across the street from this rock and roll bar in Fullerton, California called the Slide Bar. It's since closed, which depresses me. But uh it, it yeah, I would go there a lot and have a lot like and but then you get that out in your twenties and now it's like when I go out, I'll have two whiskeys. Yeah. And that's that's it. And I don't want to wake up the next day. Like, also, I have to wake up and be a dad. So, like, I can't. Kids don't give a shit if you're hungover. They're not, like, nope. They don't care. They're not. They're not. Oh, you had, you had a hard night last night. All right. I'm going to change myself, dad. I got this shit. Like, yeah, you can't. Not She's not going to breastfeed herself. She's got to figure no. it out. No. You have to figure so, it out. So, yeah, I, I've tried uh, ever since, like, my early 20s. I had some crazy times, but. I've tried to kind of kill that out and like let like you say re- remain level headed. I think it's important, sadly, that you kind of have to go a little nuts to then dial it back and be like, "All right, I know what that limit is. Let's not hit that anymore." And you have to experience that just so you're not thinking, "What's it like to be like really fucked up?" Or <laughs> I know. Go off. We have to this. have that experiential reference for us to have a sort of muscle memory of what the story looks like if we open this door what's behind door number one we need to open all the doors to know what's on the other side and to know what what it feels like to embark in that path so that we hopefully learn and can grow the fuck up like last night i was at a strip club for four or five hours didn't have one drink i'm not patting myself on the back i just had to get up and do shit in the morning (laughs) i was on a few edibles but there you go as we know that's not that's medicine. Oh, F you. Oh, my God. Who hotel. is it? What is it? Hotel phone call. Oh, my God. Hello? Ah. Phone oh. went dead. You interrupted a the, very important podcast with the great Jessime Peluso. The strippers ring, at the front door. <laughs> that, that's going to ring again, I can almost guarantee you. It's uh, a prostitute. It's your, it's your Radisson in prostitute. It's your resident in prostitute. Hello, I'm your resident in prostitute. Hi, I'm the resident prostitute. We're just doing house calls to see if anybody would like a little companionship. Just see it. You, I don't know. We we heard you talking to yourself in the in the room. You seem lonely. And- We're doing a wellness check. <laughs> that prostitute should do wellness checks. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a hotel. Just knock on the door. Hey, seem lonely. They should call it hotel. Yeah. <laughs> modern New business. The shows that you've been watching. Seems very depressing. Here you go. <laughs> Men, um, women, what I, do you want? I asked the fans to give us some questions. Are you down oh, to boy. answer a few questions? Fire away. Let's go. Okay, let's see what we got the, here. The, 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 the questions that the Jessime Peluso fans. See, that's... See, that... Does that it, scare it, you? Like... Like, if it was like, oh, the questions from 
I don't know. Uh, the Terrence uh, McKenna experience. Moshe Kasher. If Moshe Kasher put out his fans like, we got questions for Brad Williams, I'd be like, oh, these are going to be like, what do you think about the conflicts in China? Like, it, 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 it's going to be something like that. Your are fans, you ready? I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And that's not a ben, bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. This is. I'm starting off with this one just, just to prove your point. Fire bad away. Bugs Bunny 420. How good are your Kegels? Hey man. Like I don't even know how to answer that question. All right. I'm a man. I identify as a man. I was born a man. What's the term where it's like you're assigned gender? Yeah. So uh I don't know what you it's can do like. Kegels. Men do Kegels? Yeah, it's actually a pelvic floor muscle. It's uh what? when yeah, when men do Kegels, what you 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 ever make your your dick do this? Yeah, you know, of course. You, you why can, not? Every guy's that's done a it. Kegel. Really? That's a Kegel. Yeah. So wow. whatever that feels like for you. I've done Kegels then. I, you know what? I knew I'd learned something on this podcast. Not that, yeah. not that I've done Kegels, but I've, I, I've learned that I've done it. And uh, you know what? I, 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 I feel more in touch with my feminine side already that now I, can, <laughs> now I can relate to you guys on the Kegel front, which by the way, yeah, I hope Kegel front plays Coachella. I, hope. I don't think they will. I think they their tour is, is, Kanye is in question. Is Kanye kicking them out too? Is Kanye oh kicking God. out Kegel front? Damn it, Kanye. I mean, Kanye asking Billy Eilish to apologize to Travis Scott is just Kanye really is the parameter of how crazy we've gone. Yeah. It's like, you know how there's a temperature gauge for every city? There needs to be a Kanye gauge for the yeah. for the world. And wherever his craziness is is where the relative yeah. world's craziness lies. Yeah, like how we used to have the color scheme for like the terror alert. Like it's a red day, it's a purple day. We need to have like, hey, it's a Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift day. Yeah, uh, which is like, it's, that's up there. You know, and then like, it's a Kanye saying that if the Bible was rewritten today, I would be in it day. Um, it would be. And then it's like, it's a Kanye. I'm doing church service at Mel's drive-in day. That's a great day. That that's a, a great day. day. That's a good it's day. A Kanye, a hey, I'm skies. just trying to get to my kid's birthday party day. Okay, that's a good day. Then dad. is it like is it a Kanye day where he's moving in across from Kim and Pete Davidson? Because that's not a good day. That's a bad. That's day. not a good day. It's not a good day. <laughs> um, we, bad that's, bugs. That that's the next BuzzFeed quiz. Which Kanye are you? <laughs> <laughs> 150. percent Which Kanye are you today? Uh, yeah, Bad Bugs Bunny 420's back, and this is a question I feel you probably have been Do asked all a your thousand fans times. Have screen names that end in 420 because I think the first 100%. one did too. Oh, it's the same person. They asked a couple oh. questions. Oh, okay, um, Bags, Bags Bunny, Bag, bag. Bad Bad Bugs Bunny 420. Bad Bugs Bunny. All right. This is probably a, a beaten dead horse question, but for, six for inches. The sake of six inches. <laughs> That's tell me that was the question. I wasn't expecting that, and that's so dumb of me. Okay. Uh how did you get your start in comedy? Oh, there you go. Six um, inches. Yeah, six inches. That's how that that's how I got my start. Is there is there no, It sounds like uh, your dad kind of gave you a a leg up. Yeah. Um he got me going and then I was at a comedy club when I was 19 
and the comedian on stage was doing midget jokes and half the audience was laughing and the audience that was sitting by me was like 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 not laughing at all and just like and the comedian on stage was like these jokes are funny and he goes like what is one of them here and i just raised my hand in the air like yeah i'm here and um the comedian called me up on stage and he's like i want to talk to you and i and i and i walked up on stage and he started asking me questions and i answered the questions Honestly, I wasn't trying to be funny, but my answers got the audience to laugh. And when they wow. laughed, I was like, oh, I like this. I like yeah. this feeling. So literally that night, I went home. I I went to a website that has since been taken down. But if you, if you were an open micer at a certain time, every open mic comic knew this website. The, mon- the, the monkey chuckle chucklemonkey.com chuckle chuckle monkey. right exactly yep. That's and you went and you're like where are too. the shows yep so this website was it was a bible for open micers you you could click on a state and and it would list all the open mics in if if, if the state was large enough like california or texas it, it, it would like go by regions like okay mm-hmm. where are you what city like go there and unbelievable so i i found that website went on it found an open mic which was the laugh factory in hollywood and the next week i went to the open mic because i thought well let's see what they do first they might be really good and i'm not on they were not i could have gone on stage that night and winged it and been better than half the people that were doing open mic i'll I'll never forget, there was one comic, his name was Fancy Ray, and he'd been doing open <laughs> mics for like 20 years. And you could tell that the act hadn't evolved because he <laughs> wore this like pink, not even salmon, like silky, shiny, metallic pink shirt that he would button like just the bottom two buttons. Everything up here was, and he was kind of chubby. So like I said, he's been doing the same act for a while in his 20s that that is killed. But now he's in his 40s and he has his hair spiked back and kind of poofy and he has face glitter. And at an open would, mic, all this an open mic. And he would Yikes. tell a joke and when it would bomb, not if it would bomb, when it would bomb, he would pause and go, I am the best looking man in comedy. And that's that's. That's what he would do. And I saw that guy and, I, and, I, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. So the next week I had jokes written and I did my first open mic and uh, at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. And that was 18 years ago. I'm oh, old, wow. Jessime. I'm we, old. I'm, I'm, to- I'm 20. I'm 20 years in. So You're 20 years in? I first got on stage when I was 19. Yeah, this is my yeah. turn. This no september november is my 20th anniversary of comedy wow Good and i'm determined you. to put my first special out this year that's my goal this year is to put my first Fuck special yeah. I, don't have, I don't have an album or anything i've i i'm like what am i waiting for i gotta put some i gotta put some pen to the pad and get some shit a tangible product out there for people so they can actually you know oh, see shit. me circulating on the internet like everybody else all their comedy is up on the internet and i'm like what am i doing what am I, I doing? Put some shit out there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's weird. You would be on my like top. 
if there was a list of like, first of all, I didn't know you never had a special. If, 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 but if there was a list of like the best comics to never have a special, the same way for sports, it's like the best quarterbacks to never win championships, whatever. Like, holy shit, why don't you have a special? Like that would be that would be one of my first things is like, yeah, Jasmine Peluso is a first round draft pick of like, holy shit, she needs one, she deserves one. And I, people I would love people would love it. I would love um next time you're out or if I'm out and we're, you know, around or if we can coordinate, I'd love for you to come out and like look at a little bit of what I'm running and I would love your yeah. input if you have yeah. any. It would be yeah. awesome. I love doing that stuff. That'd be so cool. That and I'll do that with you because I know that you understand what a joke is. And I say that because, you know, um, I'm sure you get this a lot. Some some fans write and say like, hey, I'm starting comedy. Here's my set. And I'll try to watch a lot of them. I'll try. I have time on the road where I'm yep. in a hotel room. I'll try to watch them. And sometimes they're like, do you have any tips? And Sometimes my tips are just like, yeah, this is, this ain't for you. Just don't. <laughs> Stop. Don't. And But sometimes I'll see like one joke and I'll be like, ah, oh, yes, you have something. You have that You got to start Good. from there. Go from yeah. there. Put that in the middle. Keep, spread outwards. Yeah. Keep that joke. Trash everything else. Write things that are similar to this joke. And uh, I, speaking yeah. of things that are similar to this joke, I had a fan reach out to me. And mm. Carly actually once when Carly and I were touring together years ago and mm. she said, what do you think of this? I'm, I just tried comedy for the first time. It was my, it was all my jokes like verbatim. It, and even her, it was weird to see someone try to mimic my intonation in cadence. Holy and I was like, shit. What? In the worst part, I was like, this sucks. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I honestly was like, why is this familiar? It took me a minute. And then I was like, oh, shit, Carly, this girl. And then took she took some of Carly. She did another video. Wow. And then did Carly's material. And both Carly and I responded to her. We were like, it's great. You want to know why we know it's great? It's ours, bitch. You got to. This is not how it works. It's not. How, it's not. You don't get to be a tribute band in comedy. Yeah. No, that's Just the one on. art form you cannot. You can't it's just so, do a fucking cover uh, of our of our jokes. I'm so glad you said that this same thing happened to me at a, at, at a comedy club called Pepper Bellies in Fairfield, California. It has since closed down. It's not, it's not okay. there anymore. But there was a dwarf comedian who came to the show, saw me and was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan of yours. You've inspired me to do comedy. And I'm like all touched. Like, oh, my God. It's, oh, oh, it's so amazing. Ah, I'm doing good in the world. Yep. And then uh, he asked for a guest spot. And I go, yeah. And then Jessamay, he went up and did my jokes. for comedian. And no. There's, and he's going and on I'm, before you. He's going on before you. Yeah. And this is back when I just had one album out. And I was writing my second album. So it's like daddy. What was the first one called? Something daddy. What was your first special called? What was your oh, first, first special? one was called fun size, but, but this is, um, I put up my first CD was called. Yeah. CDs, kids, Google it. They were a thing. Um, yeah, they were real. They were real. Was, we had a, we had a pamphlet my, of them in our front front seat in our glove compartment. Yeah. My first CD was called coming up short. And then my second CD was called hi ho. And I was writing hi ho at the time. And he did, uh that and 
he got off stage and I was just staring at him like, big fan, huh? He's like, yeah, big fan. Had no idea that what he just did was wrong. No clue. And I'm just like, yeah. You How don't. did you recover? Did you did you go on stage and say anything about it? Did you well, go, hey, thankfully he I hope you guys like... liked. That was the first 10 minutes of my act. Now I'm only going to do 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Thankfully, he had seven minutes of a guest spot. So I did. At the time, I had like 45, 50 minutes as, as my hour. So it was like, okay, which is not an hour. I'm aware of that. You're like, yeah, 45 minutes isn't an hour. Yeah, I know. Um, so I just did other stuff. And figured it out and improvised a little. I didn't call him that on stage. I thought that'd be mean, but I definitely oh, that's told where him you off. and I are different. I would yeah, have been like, this motherfucker. I told him off stage. I'm like, yeah, you don't get to do that. Like, you don't just, and when I say it was my jokes, it wasn't like he was also talking about dwarfism. There's a huge difference. I've had dwarf comics open for me also do dwarf jokes it's like yeah that's fine we're gonna have shared experiences shared stories that's totally cool but like no it was the it was the jokes right it, it was like was verbatim yeah and it was just i, I, I it, it so it, it it's just funny to me this how much i keep having to remind myself that people who aren't in comedy don't know what comedy is in terms of the rules how it works what it does like they don't know so it like we're in this world. So we just assume that everyone knows what we know and everyone knows. Understands the inner workings. It's like, it. no, they don't. So they think it's fine to just be like, well, it's my favorite comedian. So I'm going to go on stage and do their stuff. It's like, oh, he'll appreciate it. I'm going to show him how much I love him. That's the equivalent of somebody wearing your skin. Like that's the equivalent (laughs) of me coming home and there's a man in the house. He peels my skin and he wears it and I'm watching him. I'm, I'm sitting here skinless. Yeah. I'm the inside of my meat suit and he's sitting on the couch wearing my meat suit. That's the equivalent of someone just going up and doing your stand up. You're like, hey, I mean, that's mine. Yeah, it's dramatic, but it's not wrong because it, it it's it's yours. It's your thoughts. It's, in many cases, it's your life. It's your stories. So, yeah, it, it, it really was. And that was just hilarious to me that, uh, yeah, he, he didn't know that rule. I've had that. Then there was an, an, another guy that asked for a guest spot. And literally started doing Anthony Jeselnik's album and got off stage. And I was like, hey, do you know who Anthony Jeselnik is? Did he act and he like was he like, didn't? And he was like, no, no, who's that? And I was like, that's the guy whose jokes you just did. Like, oh. like how do you not? And, and like Jeselnik's jokes are so individual and so like, it's not a, like, it's not a, a premise it's not it's, a premise that's like, oh, you know, like like a Seinfeld sock. Where th- does the other sock go? That's something yeah, that everybody can that. ask themselves. Yeah. He's like, like they, have you ever been fucking a skull <laughs> of a rhinoceros? And like, he, it's so weird and dark, and there's always someone being fucked or dying. <laughs> that's yeah. a Jeselnik. It used to be. Yeah. So, like, I had to walk up to him and be like, yeah, you just did. And it's the. It, it's also the flat out denial of once you got caught that always makes me laugh. It's like, dude, just say, yeah, I did Jesselnik's jokes because I don't have jokes. I wanted to do well. I'd be like, okay, it's so well, hard not... for people to be accountable. Yeah. And I'm like, well, just don't do that. Now you know not to do that. And did you think this was going to go somewhere? Like, you think they would book you as a headliner? 
just doing Jesselnik's act and you would tour the country and get a special right. just doing Jesselnik's act? Like, I don't Of all places, it. you shouldn't do somebody else's act as at a comedy club because uh, I'm, I'm bad. Like, I don't, I'm not somebody who's like studied comedians. Sure. I don't, you know, I haven't really seen anyone's special in, in entirety. Mm. I, I don't like, I'm different when it comes to that. I know there's a lot of people who study and they yeah. know this joke and that joke and all of that. I, 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 there's even my, even my jokes, most nights I get up, I'm like, what was it? What the fuck am I up here <laughs> saying? I don't know what I'm saying up here. Yeah. But it is, you know, it is such a unique thing in that you, to be, um, you know, to be a comedian, uh, the art form is something that can't be, like you said, covered. It's not like music <laughs> where someone can do a version nope. of it. It doesn't nope. exist like that. That's the, the uniqueness of it. It's yeah, you have to figure out individualized. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you in, have to figure out what works for you and what and and what your thing is and and your comedic voice, Jessamay. Your comedic voice. Yes, yes. What do you feel like? coming out of quarantine and things are starting to open back up. What are some of your things that you're looking forward to or goals, or maybe how are you approaching stand up differently now coming out of these past two, two and a oh, half years? I'll tell you this. Now I'm just thankful. Whenever I'm up on stage, I'm thankful. And then, cause I, I, I don't know how you reacted, but when everything shut down in March of 2020, I was like, wait, is this going to come back? Like, there was that initial, like, hey, two weeks, we flatten the curve, we get back to That's normal. Right. Okay. Remember Did we that? say weeks? Did we yeah, say weeks? Like, two weeks ah, to flatten we... the curve. Okay. That was a, and, that was a mis -speak. Mis speak. Then it just kept going, and I was just like, holy shit, like, what if this doesn't come back? Like, what if it, like, what if this is just not a thing anymore? And it sounds stupid now to have that thought, but at the time we had no idea what was happening, like what 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 was gonna be. So now it's like the 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 little things about going on the road and uh, doing stand up that I may have not liked before or bugged me. Now they don't bug me because I'm like, oh, that's but, interesting. But, but I get to do this. I'm yep. back. I mean, the first time I did stand up back. After the after, after the lockdown, I got off stage and I cried. I cried. Mm. I, I burst into tears. Is that because like, you bombed? Yes, because I had done it so long. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It was great though. It's a great line. <laughs> great line. Yes, Brad, a senior act. I I I'd cry too. I'd cry too if it was like, oh great, another dwarf joke. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I did it. Wasn't it? Was it? So I, good. I feel you. I feel like you, you were overcome with emotion. I'm sure. Yeah. I thought that I thought this thing that is defined who I am as a person and it had been taken away and I didn't know if I'd be able to do it again and not in the same way. And people were like, yeah, but the theaters were like a third full. The clubs were a third full. Like, didn't that suck? I'm like, yeah, but I've only been selling tickets for about four years. Like it's not too long ago that I was doing rooms and, a third filled club on a Friday was the standard. Like mm -hmm. it, it was just going back to that. It was like, okay, great. Now I'm going back to when I wasn't as popular and I wasn't selling tickets. And, and the difference is these people are so excited to be out and they know oh, me. They were so the it best feels crowds. like it's full 
in any ways, you know, if you're risking I felt that. getting this disease, like, cause that was the thing that would always trend um, whenever like a band would do a concert or, or whatever, like when smash mouth came back and they had a big crowd and it was like right in the middle of the pandemic. Like everyone's like, you're going to risk your life for smash mouth. Like, like, so yeah, bro. And like, yeah, you heard all star. It's a banger. Um, so like, yeah, those people that came out to those early comedy shows when it was like a third capacity, stuff like that. Like, yeah, those are real fans. Those are real fans that are like, Oh, I'm seeing Justin May Peluso. I'm seeing Brad Williams. Like they're in my town. I don't care if I get COVID. Fuck it. Like, yeah. Like, and that's, that's a lot of the messages I would get. Like, fuck COVID. I'm coming to see you. I'm like, all right, bro. Just wear, just don't cough on me, please. Yeah. I'd be, so I, excited to I, see you. Don't cough on me. I would tell people like, okay, like I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, but you do you. Like, some people would write me and be like, yeah, but you're in town. I, w- I want to come see you, but I'm not comfortable coming out. I'd be like, that's fine. Totally fine. Yep. Get it. I wouldn't go out and see me. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, that's what the pandemic has taught me, is just those little things about uh, about stand-up that may have annoyed me before. They don't now, which is kind of nice that they don't annoy me. And now I'm just back and I'm doing it and I'm, I get to go to Fresno, California, where I am right now. Tomorrow, Merced. The next day, Bakersfield. Let's fucking go. Yeah, and- that's a good point. Okay, so this is going to be up next. So it's Tuesday. This is going up Tuesday. Okay. Where can everybody find you? Where are you going to be next weekend yeah. and coming weeks? Yeah, this Let weekend know. I am in Baltimore uh, at McGooby's. Um, yeah. Yeah, fun club. And the following week, the last week of February, I'm at the Houston Improv. Uh, but for all my dates, go to bradwilliamscomedy.com. And uh, I'm pretty much, I'm booked into 2023. So I've got some stuff and it's all laid out yeah. there. So if I'm not coming to your town, wait. <laughs> I'll, get I'll be, there. you'll be there. I'll get there. I guess like the last thing I want to ask you is, okay, this is really, really macabre. Are you ready oh, for boy. it? Oh boy. I'm going to I'm going to start a new game with comedians We've covered on the Saget. podcast. We've covered my daughter doing porn and stripping and now you're Where like Where could we possibly this, go? This is going to be macabre. Oh, okay. Let's let's go. I'm realizing I'm stepping into uh an evolution of myself that two things, doesn't give a fuck and doesn't give a fuck if you give a fuck that I don't give a fuck, but I'm coming from love. That's a very inception that, of fucks. Yes, it is. That's you my, don't give that's a my fuck brand. that I'm not giving a fuck that you don't give a fuck. I like that. Right. And also, thank you. Me, I've never known you to give two fucks. You did a, you once did a whole video podcast with a see-through shirt and no bra. Not that I was paying attention. Uh, and I was like, oh. I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, this lady does not give a fuck. It's great. Oh, I have great boobs though. I have great, great boobs. You know what? They're fantastic. Good for you. Thank well, you. well done. Enjoy them. Um, Thank you. Share them with those who deserve it. And, yep. uh, and, and, you know, not just on a video. Now everyone's frankly Googling. What podcast was this? We're testing. <laughs> Good they're luck like on, finding it folks. Yeah. They're like on <laughs> Mr. Skin.com typing in like Jessamay Peluso. Anyway, it's on I'm, the Patreon. You got to pay for it. Um, <laughs> I'm distracted. So Let's get to this macabre shit. Let's go. The macabre question is, Okay. Uh, you know, you're in the you're on the road. You're in these hotels. Yep. 
and say tonight is your Saget. Okay, you're about to have mm. a Saget mm. where you're done. That's it. Mm-hmm. You go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't wake up. Mm-hmm. This is your last broadcast prior okay. to you pulling a Saget. What <laughs> do you What do you say, or what do you hope for, and what do you want people to know? Wow. Okay. Uh, that that is macabre. <laughs> <laughs> you delivered. Sometimes people under deliver like, oh no, this, this thing is kind of edgy. I'm like, it's not gonna be edgy. I can guarantee like, it's not. Do you that that delivered? Um, all right. If this is my saget, a uh, don't feel bad. Uh, I've I've had, I've gotten to do more in this life that is. I, I would have ever thought, ever thought, meet heroes, uh, uh, hang out with amazingly talented people, have experiences that people who've lived four lifetimes could only imagine, could only hope to have. So don't feel bad. Um, number two, uh, take care of my daughter. That would be the most important thing for me. Uh, if you do, if, if you're doing a GoFundMe, don't do it for my funeral. I don't care. Put me in the Neptune Society where you just they just come get my body and catapult me into the ocean. I don't care. I'm gone. I have no... At least give people a one last laugh where I get to look up and be like, is that a flying dwarf slash? Like, you know what I mean? Like, And just they have some sort of mermaid thing that's on the news now and Rogan talks about it. Like, no, no, no. There's been dwarf mermaids seen off the Pacific Ocean. Like, like just do this whole thing. Alex Jones is going nuts. Like the dwarf mermaids are turning frogs gay. Like you know, just do whatever you need to do. Fine. Uh, I don't care about me. My funeral. Just take care of my daughter. Um, take care of my daughter. Don't feel sorry for me. And um, one thing that this pandemic has taught us, and you're seeing it, the way people move, the way people um are now not going back to jobs that they don't want to do um i would kind of say to a degree find that thing find that thing that makes you happy and not just happy because that's almost too much but satisfied find the thing that makes you satisfied whether it be the house whether it be the apartment don't try to achieve things because that's what people are supposed to do in your mind. Like you've been told, buy a house. So I have to save up and buy a house or do this thing. Like, no, nah, if you're happy living in an apartment, cool. Live in an apartment. If you're happy being single, great. Be single. Don't go get married because you feel like you have to. Don't have kids because you feel like you have to. Only do things that you 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 think make your life better and fulfill your life or fulfill the lives of others around you, uh, do those types of things. That's, that's what we found out here, here in the pandemic. So that's what I would, that's what I would leave, uh, uh, for people. Don't feel sorry for me. Take care of my daughter and streamline your life to things that are positive and good and surround yourself with, uh, people who love you and who you love. And there, and there you go. That's beautiful. (laughs) perfect and i I appreciate you i appreciate you making time i know you're on the road and the time is valuable how we spend i know i'm 
so that's the much one thing that I've learned. No, Jessica May. So you much have to, to go out there and see. You have to get outside and just you know see the tumbleweeds. <laughs> There's probably a flea market you're gonna hit up. I know you're busy. Ooh, flea market. Let's go. But I do love you. Tell them one more time um, where they can find your specials and your yeah. website. Yeah. Uh, first of all, love you too. Uh, it is com is where you can go for all my tour dates. You can follow me on Instagram at bradwilliamscomic. Follow me on Twitter at funnybrad. If you want to see some of my past comedy specials, my first two comedy specials of Fun Size and Daddy Issues are streaming on Amazon Prime. If you have those, uh, so you can go check those out. Uh, and also I was part of the degenerates season That's one right. on Netflix. So you can go, there's some other great comics. You can watch big J Okerson, Christina P Joey Diaz, myself, uh, season two. I think there's like miss Pat, Jim Norton Yamanika is on. Yeah. Yamanika Sanders. Love her. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's so there's it, it uh, Robert Kelly. It, 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 it it's, it's a great little thing. It's a little snippet of comedy that if, if you don't like, if you're like, I want my comedy to talk about stuff that makes me slightly uncomfortable, that's that's the stuff that you watch. So comedy yeah. that keeps it real. And that's that's yeah. why, you know, I honestly have I when when I know you're in the room or you're where I'm at, I watch you just because you're you literally are so much fucking fun to watch on stage. You're, you're a blast. Well, I Thank love you. you. I, I can't wait to see you again. Seeing you. That was my first night back to the store after like two years of of quarantine. And it was so much fun. And I was so happy to see you. And we laughed so hard. We laughed. We laughed. It felt so good. How great did that feel? It really did feel so good. So yeah. have fun on the road. And I look forward to seeing you back in LA. Always. Let's grab some I'll... lunch or something and bring your daughter around me so I can like get just satisfied. Yeah, we'll my ovaries. Rub, rub some Asian dwarf baby her. vibes off of you. Like, just I want to squeeze her. I want to meet Do her it. and squeeze her. We'll make it All happen. right, brother. Well, I love you. Thank you so much. Love you more. We'll talk to you soon. Go get that stripper. Ha! Bye. <laughs>